there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain. And we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Other than like the plethora of fucking audio issues we've experienced in the last hour. (laughs) How's your day going? (laughs) Oh, my day. My day. It's one of of those days. Um, Yeah, no, it's just one of those days where, like I said, I went to pick up salad. I was so hungry. Apparently DoorDash decided not to send my order over to Mendocino. And, but the guy was really nice and he was like, here, like, what, what did you order? He made my food and he didn't charge me. He was like, that's annoying. And like, I'd be in a bad mood. So I was like, okay, maybe the day is going to go better. And then the microphone that we, uh, that I just went crazy going to buy was giving us some problems, but it's good. It's good. It's Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I will say it was pure comedy when literally we go into press record and next thing we know it- your audio completely cuts out after spending X hundreds of dollars on this new mic. So I just, <laughs> oh, the comedy show today. Oh um, man. <laughs> I thought Mercury was like not in retrograde anymore. It is not, um, which is well, even more so hilarious. Well, um, it is in LA. Let me tell you that. Clearly. Uh, yeah, I mean, today is chill. My um, housing issues are um, continuing. Um, I'm also wearing a lovely shirt. I, I don't know if you see it. but No, I can't. I need a margarita the size of my <gasps> butt. Oh. I know. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. Shout out to Jenny who gave me that shirt. Um, it was for Cinco de Mayo many years ago when I used to be fun. Um, and I didn't have anything fun, like fun shirts. She was just like, here you go. Wear this one. And I was like, wait, Aww. what? What a friend. I know. Such a, such a true and true friend. Um, yeah. So other than that, I think that that shirt, um, accurately depicts, um, my need for a margarita the size of my butt. And you know, that that's a serious remark there because you've seen the size <laughs> of my butt. So. I was like, that's a pretty big fucking margarita in the best way possible. So I support this. Are you going to get a margarita after your apartment search? Yeah, I think we're going to go see like a local house today um, since it's such Cute. a deal. But uh, I just, you know, I kind of want a change of scenery. So I'm thinking even though we're going to go see this place, it might not be the one, but never discount things, you know? Um, and then yes, most likely we'll be going somewhere, um, local to get a, um, very large margarita, hopefully the size of my butt if they offer it. (laughs) Well, send me pictures. Also, I love how you're like, it's a deal. We're going to go look at this house. And it's like, just because of where we choose to live a deal by our standards is like, Oh, so you're, you're paying someone's mortgage, but you're not paying more than their mortgage to to rent their place. Yep, yep, yep. it sounds about I, right. I, yes. I saw like this. I don't know. I don't remember if it was like a story or something on Instagram, and um, 
people were talking about how uh, housing prices in Miami have increased like ridiculous amounts. Like I think someone said that they raised their rent like $3,000 with 30 days notice, like shit like that is going down. And again, I'm very, very mindful that Oh, I'm very, very mindful that it is not cheap, but I just feel like I'm so jaded from living in, you know, some of the most expensive real estate markets in the world that I was like, oh my gosh, $2,400 for a studio fucking deal. And that was one of those like humbling moments where I was like, I got to leave. We got to get out of these cities because it's just like, it is so ridiculous, but I hope it goes well. Um, that would be so fun for you guys to have a house. Yeah, but I'm also of the mindset of, like, I just want to go live somewhere in the middle of bumfuck nowhere with, like, greenery where it's, like, cheap, where I can, like, you know, grow my own vegetables, for example. Um, but, you know, all a pipe dream. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> never say never. Never, never say never. Say no- a podcast was a pipe dream, and now look at us. That is true. Oh, my gosh. But also, if this pod- podcast, like, gets on and popping, like, and to all our listeners, you all are making this possible for us, um, you know, like, maybe we'll need to move into one of the hot spots so that, we, you know, we'll get, like, studio space. Like, oh my that God. kind of cool. Someone <laughs> else can figure out why the microphone hates me. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they oh, probably will have read the manual before attempting to use it, but you know we don't do things like that around here. So, um, well, well, we'll we'll see. L.A., you know, L.A. studios—they're everywhere. Wink, wink. Hint, hint. Um, but even though pricing is not any better than what it is up here, too. So, absolutely <laughs> not. It is not any better. I think you might just get like a slightly larger place in L.A. But maybe not. I don't know. Um, wait, so hold on. I have to tell you a story. Oh, yes. Yes. You texted me this thing, but you never, you didn't provide any context other than like, oh, remind me to tell you about this. Okay. Please. This is actually TMI. I'm, I'm thinking like, I know that our demographic of who listens to us, our listeners are predominantly male. So I'm actually not sure if this is the most appropriate story for the podcast. Um, oh, they're just learning all of our like, oh, you know, female secrets. It's fine. Oh no, no. This is like not a secret. This is more like I might turn some of them onto other men. Um, but long story <laughs> short, um, you know me, I'm always trying to find ways to be like a little bit more eco-friendly. I'm always trying to find ways to like hack thing. Not really. I wouldn't say hack my life, but that's not true. Um, but basically long story short is that I have like a shit ton of money in my FSA and I'm like, what am I going to use this for? So what do I do? I go in the FSA store and I just start buying. I I think I have like 2000 band-aids on their way here right now. Um, I bought all this sunscreen. I was like, we have a, you know, like it, it gets hot in the Valley. We need sunscreen. I bought burn gel. Like I can't even tell you what's coming. Oh, I think I have a thermometer, an ear thermometer coming just in case, you know, COVID comes around for a second time um, in the Speranza household, like literally random shit. Um, and so one of the things that I decided to purchase was oh, a gosh. menstrual cup. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so for those of you who don't know what that is, it's as Mark likes to describe it, it's like a silicone teacup that is supposed to... I don't know, mm. prevent you from having to put 
toxic tampons into yourself. Um, anyway, long story short, this thing comes. I am traumatized. Mm. traumatized by this experience and I've decided that we're not going to go into full detail about why but all I have to say is that for somebody who doesn't read manuals for things that you should read manuals for I I don't recommend I don't recommend we're back on the Tampax train sorry mother earth I'm going to continue to kill you um the eco-friendly option is not an Alina friendly option so um yes I I will tell you the rest of the story but again I, I don't know that our listeners are ready to hear everything but long story short is we're killing the earth in this house ah got it so no more tampon well I guess all the tampons in your house um no one more saving the environment, it sounds no, like. No, no. And I'm very, very distraught about it. I'm very traumatized by the entire experience <laughs> yesterday. Put it this way, okay? Like, it was like an emergency SOS situation waiting for the Uber. And I, like, was very afraid that we were going to own this person's car by the end of the night. And so Mark was like, here, I have an extra mask. So I, like, shoved a mask down my pants to try to salvage the situation. Like, that's how bad it was. Oh, my uh, God. That's how bad it was. Wow. Yes, it was wow. really bad. So, got it. So, we, we got can like cut this. A- we can edit this entire story out because I'm not sure if this should have been more of like an Alina and Maddie just catch up situation, but <laughs> it was like really <laughs> dire. And I feel like it just threw my juju off for the rest of like my life. Wait, so is it that the cup overfloweth? No. That's what I thought. And I was like, whoa, that would be a lot. Because it's literally like the size of... It's like a cup. It's like a teacup. Yeah. Like, I was like, what's happening? No, I I don't know. Either I have a wide vagina and a heavy flow, a la Mean Girls, or, or, and this is what I actually think the situation is, I'm pretty sure that I actually like just have a very non-wide set vagina and it was just too big and didn't fit properly to begin with. I don't know. Like I said, traumatized. The whole experience was just like, I, I watched YouTube videos. I read the, ma- and I, I just could not, I, I don't understand. Apparently it's, there's suction and like sometimes it gets stuck. So we've decided we're killing the earth. Interesting. Okay. No, that's that's fine. I In twenty twenty two. My part. <laughs> In twenty twenty two. I get it. There are certain things, certain boundaries that you will be willing to cross. And I mean, and I feel like that's a pretty traumatizing one. That you know, it, it would make me also sacrifice the earth. <laughs> a mask. I had to shove a mask down my pants in an Uber, praying to God while sitting on like one ass cheek because I was like, if I if I put both down, it's like it's just not. <laughs> like it was one of those. I was kind of like I almost wish that there was like a camera because this is it's one of those things that I was like, this is not real life. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Mark is sitting there, like, watching YouTube on his phone. And I'm like, hello, can you, like, talk me through this? Like, I need some moral <laughs> support. Just, like, I need to know that I am not alone in this Uber. You're not going to abandon me. You're going to, like, fight this man if I get up and he wants to kill us. Like, I was like, there's a lot of stuff that I need from you right now. And you were just watching fucking YouTube. Like, you're just watching, I don't even know, other people podcast or something. It was, it was, it was oh very traumatic. God. I'm telling you, like. I literally have not had something so traumatic happen to me in a really long time. I mean, that sounds very traumatic. And I'm sorry that I'm laughing at your trauma, but, like, <laughs> it's a pretty fucking funny story. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like the 
Yeah, no, that, that, it was very scary, very alarming. Anyway, PSA, if you were thinking, let's save the earth. Don't do it. It's time to get on the (laughs) menstrual cup and or disc bandwagon. I would say rethink that. I also, I'm going to say, if you need to use your FSA money for something, maybe get more Band-Aids. Like, buy an extra thousand <laughs> Band-Aids before you buy yourself. Also, you have to, like, sterilize it. You got to put it in, like, a pot, boiling pot of water. I, I, like, it was very weird. I don't know. Mark was, like, very concerned. I mean, also the maintenance level for that thing, too. Jesus. I literally was like, okay, this is going to be the period cup. Um, uh, like, pot. pot. Like, like we'll never use this again. And luckily nice. I bought new pots and pans, so I have like old ones, but no, it's just not. We're just, we're just going to move on from that entire experience. Um, so. I don't think we can beat that story. So I think it's, um, we should head on over to our basic bitch quickies after that one. <laughs> That's like pretty like primo shit right there. Um, I'm very curious as to how many listeners we're going to lose now, but sorry. I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I promise um, I won't do that again. I mean, I love the story, and I'm sure folks oh find it hilarious, too. Um, okay, cool. So for those who are listening, potentially for the first time, or who need a reminder, this is where we do our lightning round of top headlines from the week and give our quick top-of-mind thoughts about them. Um, so we've got a few here. Are you ready, Alina? Do you have the timer I ready? Am. Fuck it. No, I lost my phone, remember? Um, oh, yes. I can do a timer. It's I was going to say, I can keep Mississippi count in my head. Stop. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have a timer. Do we oh. want three minutes? See, it's or... a lot, right? A lot of pressure being like, how much time do I give us for this? Which yeah, let's time? do um, Let's do three. Let's do three. Okay. Which really means like f- four minutes and 45 seconds. So Yeah, let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Okay. Um, All right. All right. The first one, Rihanna is pregnant. Did you hit go? Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I have to say I was shocked when I saw that. I was really? Like, no, no, not shocked. But I just like, I don't know. I feel like she's kind of been like low key over there building her billion dollar, you know, multi-billion dollar empire. And then it's just like, bam, she's pregnant. She's po- like, she's very pregnant too. Yep. Yep. I'm very um, happy for her. I am too. And like, I will say I've always loved her and ASAP Rocky together. Um, cause she's a fashion killer. Bum, 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 bum. I love that song. Um, but I, I think that their relationship is really cute and I think he really values her and cherishes her and you can see by the way that he cares for her. And I also have to say that it's kind of hilarious that some of the headlines are like, you know, like multi-billionaire, like, like singer and, Mm. you know, fashion and makeup mogul is pregnant with ASAP Rocky's child. And people are making fun of like our angel Rihanna and some local man, ASAP Rocky. And I just like started (laughs) laughing. (laughs) I was like, Hey, that's what you get when you're with like a multifaceted, multi-talented woman. But, um, she is. And their baby's going to be fucking gorgeous. I can't wait to see what their baby looks like. I mean, she's amazing. He is very handsome. Um, their kid's going to be beautiful. Kid's going to be, like, just amazing. Do you think they're going to go into, like, music? Or do you think they're going to go into, like, fashion? Or her kids? I mean, Riri's kids can fucking do anything that they want. I know. That's what I'm saying. Which direction do you think they're going to go? 
Well, I feel like there's like more to life than just those two directions, homegirl. <laughs> well, I meant it because like, you know, if they're going to get into like mom and I dad's mean, industry. Well, what if they're like, I want to be a NASA scientist. <laughs> Okay. They shoot out of their mom's vagina and are like, I want to go into STEM. (laughs) Is this my child that we're talking about? I know. No, no, no. no. My kid's going to be like, I want to be a mailman. And I'm going to be like, STEM, STEM. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with mailmen, by the way. I do love my mailman. Um, He's very nice. But, um, okay, wait, no. I'm very excited for them. I think that their kid's going to be beautiful, very successful, and she just seems so, like, cool all the time. Like, how do you just look cool like that? I mean, and she's like a bad... Oh, okay, we're done. Um, My timer doesn't go off, which is kind of interesting. Oh. Let's see here. Okay. We'll just do that one. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Uh, See, it's a lot of of pressure being the timer, the timekeeper. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Oh, I have to set it. Sorry. I didn't set it. The timer. It just like stops the timer, but it doesn't actually play something. So, but we're okay. good there. We finished okay. the re topic. All um, right. All right. Wait, one final thing. Did you know that ASAP Rocky dated Kendall Jenner for a long time? I feel like it was what? kind of like hush hush. Yeah. He used to date Kendall. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, see, I had a feeling you didn't. Um, that's interesting. But anyway, he's moved on. They're having a baby. She's like ready to pop. I feel like I don't know how she kept that shit under wraps for so long. But yeah. very excited. Did they say but she's also- a boy or a girl? No, Sorry. at least I haven't seen anything publicly. Okay, well, I hope it's yeah. a girl secretly. Secretly. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, What's the I next just wish one? them all the best. I'm so happy for them. Um, Okay, the next one is I couldn't even find like a title for it because I just feel like it's a continuation of a plethora of fucking things that have happened over the past week. But um, hold on, let me set my timer. And I think we're going to give five minutes to this. Like, let's be (laughs) realistic because this is a big one. Um, Kim and Kanye update. I'm going to start the timer now. I mean, where where do we begin? Uh, Why don't you start? Because I feel like you've got thoughts. Well, I feel like I just need to give a little bit of context. So, like, Kanye apparently went off about Northwest having a TikTok um, and that Kim is, you know, like, on the TikTok with her and stuff. And as we all know, Kanye has also been very critical of Kim since the divorce proceedings and very critical of her as a mom, critical of her as, like, Mm -hmm. a human being, especially Pete Davidson. Um, And so Kim, for the first time, has actually fired fucking back and she went off on his ass, like off on his ass. And, um, a couple of things that I really loved about like the way that she went off and mind you, this was on her Instagram story. Mm -hmm. Um, as a parent who is the main provider and caregiver for our children, damn shots fired. Um, I'm doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creativity in the medium that she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. Divorce is difficult enough on our children. Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all. And then the ending is what killed me because I'm not going to read the full thing, but I wish to handle all matters regarding our children privately and hopefully he can finally respond to the third attorney he's had in the last year to resolve any issues amicably. Oh my God, no. Damn! Like, Kim came out swinging. Like, she was like, I'm done with your shit. I'm done with trying to be, like, the better one here. Because you clearly are not fucking getting it through your thick head. 
I mean, I snaps for you, Kimberly. I am. I'm so. I'm like so proud of her. I also have to say, like, say what you want about Kim, and you know, I think that the Kardashians like sometimes annoy me, but like, let's be real. I'm obsessed with them and everything they do. And they're incredible businesswomen. They're like CMOs of literally the world. I feel like they've shaped society and what we are today, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Um, But I feel like Kim has always handled like personal situations with a lot of grace. And I think that she is like, I, I really admire her for that because I feel like if someone was literally attacking me every day, like viciously... I would probably not be so nice. Like, I'm not nice for a lot less than that. You know what I mean? Um, so I I feel like, she, yes, like, I totally agree with you. She was like, enough is enough. Like, fuck off, Kanye. We're not doing this anymore. And I, I just commend her. And I still think that, like, the way that she went about it, like, was still very classy. But, like, the digs, though, are what get me. Like, she did it in a classy way, but, like, still, she, like, stuck in the knife a little bit where she was, like, the main provider and caregiver. Like, that's right, Kim. Remind him. Put him in his fucking place. Wait. Sorry. Hold on, though. What is that? Okay, I actually did have a question about that because isn't he wealthier than her? I don't think so, no. I think she's wealthier than him. Really? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Because he was a billionaire, right? I don't think so, no. Wait. Okay. Really? Yeah, she's richer than he is. No. Really? He's worth $1.8 billion, and she's worth about a billion. Oh, this is... Okay, so wait. This is a year ago, but... Okay, as of less uh, 10 months ago Kanye is billionaire number 1750 with 1. 1.8 billion and Kim is um billionaire number 2674 with a billion interesting okay but still regardless there yeah but I, I think it's more like they both she, have like dumb amounts of money that like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day yeah. though she's saying that she's the main provider and caregiver which okay. fine I can't get her understood. But I guess I was just like, oh, does he not pay his child support? What's that about? But I feel like once you have that kind of money across the board, like child support maybe may not be as much of a concern. I, I, oh, of course. Again, of course. Right? So I just, I guess I don't know, but I do like that she pointed it out. Like, I'm the one who's caring for these fucking children, not you. Because yeah. he was shitting on her about allowing Northwest to have this TikTok, like, against his mm-hmm. will. And it's like, well, what say do you really have when you've been sort of an absent kind of father in a lot of ways. I mean, when you've been in Wyoming for fucking 12 years. Exactly. And I and just think that like... With Julia Fox. Ugh. And I also think the other thing too is like, Kanye isn't doing anything for the betterment of his children right now. Like, if he really loved his kids, all of this stuff would be handled amicably behind scenes. But what's happening is he's making like a public circus out of everything without concern or regard for his children. Well, I think it's because he, he feels dumb, right? This is all an ego <sighs> thing. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's an ego thing. Yeah. So he, someone needs to like, Julia, rein him in. Yeah. Let's go. That's rein, just, rein your man in. Okay. We're done. We're done. If here. anybody has any control over Kanye, um, <laughs> I think he's okay. going to end up like committed. 
I don't know. Look, I like, I don't want to make any assumptions about anyone's like mental health, but I do think it's now getting to a point where like you are causing harm to your children. You are in a committed relationship to someone and yet you're still talking shit and begging for your, your technically your ex, your ex-wife back. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like it's hypocrisy across the board. I don't think he's really in a relationship with Julia. I think it was like, Hey, you want to come and be his doll and want to let him learn how to do makeup and put some eyeshadow on your face. He'll buy you some Birkins. You just have to like be there and deal with his crazy. Sorry. I don't mean to be an asshole, but like he's, he's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, I mean, TBD. I don't know. TBD. We'll keep y'all updated. It's just more to the Kim and Kanye saga. Um, Okay. (sighs) All right. So this last one, I had to bring it up because as you know, I don't think our listeners know this. I am a massive Disney fan. Like I have to do massive, massive. I have to do an annual pilgrimage to Disney. Like it is, it is my thing. It's like my, my happy place. So I feel like I couldn't pass up on like bringing this one up. Um, So I'm going to set the timer and it's going to be, well, we'll give it three minutes. This one. Um, but Minnie Mouse's makeover start. So, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they, or I guess Disney collaborated with Stella McCartney to design a new outfit for Minnie Mouse ahead of the, is Disney Paris? like 20th anniversary, right? Or something anniversary. I don't know what it is. I oh. don't care about the details. All I care about oh. is like how they butchered her style for the okay. sake of wokeness is really okay. where I'm at with this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I did look into this because I was like so curious as to what was happening and that's exactly what happened. It, it's, it's, I don't know if it's like the 20 something. It's an anniversary. I think it's Disney Paris, if I'm re- correct. Um, and I checked. It is temporary. She will be going back to her usual red and white polka dot dress. Just to be very God. clear. Um, okay. So I think that we have an idea of what your thoughts are. Yeah. But I, I saw it and I was just like, why? And then I found out like they literally partnered and collaborated with Stella McCartney, who is a you know, a, a high fashion designer, if you will. And mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> how many fucking animators do you guys have? You had to pay an actual clothing designer. Mm-hmm. God knows how many millions of dollars to to do this. Like, what are we doing here? What is the it point? doesn't look good. I mean, like, I'm sorry, Stella. Like, sorry. I, I apologize in advance. But, I like, aesthetically, I don't like it. <laughs> And it's probably just because of, like, the fact that I'm holding on to the, you know, the the Disney mini look. The magic. The magic. It is. God. Stop changing what fucking works. Why no. Why does Minnie need a pantsuit? Please, someone explain that either. to me. Okay, well, I think it's also, be, it's also, sorry, I am remembering this now. They said that, um, I guess it's March. It's going to be officially, un, not unveiled, but, like they're going to have her wearing it or whatever. And it's also because it's um, Women's History Month. So it's all, like, the idea here is, like, Minnie is a girl boss situation. And you know how I feel about that lately. But for me, it's like, I'm fucking pissed. Like, why does a woman have to wear a fucking pantsuit and, like, not own her beauty, if that's what she's comfortable with, why does that equate to, like, you're a girl boss? Why can't I have big, fake, 
tits. Why can't I give a fuck what I look like? Why can't I wear a dress and heels and still be taken seriously? Like that actually really bothered me. Yeah. And I'm reading it to slop. Like that pisses me off. Like when then if they were just like, hey, we just want to give her some a different look, fine. But why do you have to like why why are we giving into that narrative that like a woman can't be Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian's mm-hmm. a fucking she's millionaire number twenty six seventy four. Are you kidding me? Uh, Sorry. No, no, you no. tell me how you feel about it. We can have another minute on this. Uh, well, thank you for blessing me with another minute. Oh my god, you're such a generous god. <laughs> allow it. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I just feel like, like I knew what they were trying to get at when I first saw it, and I was like, "What? Why? What is the purpose of this? It is a mouse. What is the whole purpose of like sexualizing a mouse and like trying to incorporate a mouse into like this woke narrative of what a woman should or shouldn't be, right? In order to be successful in a girl, but none of it makes sense to me. And I think a lot of people like there was lots of backlash about it. Um, and I think it was an article or a meme or I can't remember what it was that I sent to you. I think it was a TikTok video um, where someone was like gaze of Disney, how could you have allowed this to happen to our girl, Minnie? Like, how? And I just could not stop laughing. Like, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people are like, what was the purpose of this? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think it's ridiculous. And and again, I'm just pissed. Like, why did you have to have a pantsuit on? Yeah. Like, a pantsuit doesn't look good on anyone. Yeah. That's not true. It looks good on Seema. On oh, just like Seema. that. Oh, Seema. Our girl but Seema. Still, yeah. Anyway, so we hate it. It's temporary. Yeah. Her dress is coming back. Don't worry. Thank fuck. <laughs> Clearly, I have feelings. Gaze of Disney, you all can relax. Maddie, <laughs> you can relax. We're going to be okay. <laughs> we'll plan your annual trip to Disney, just not in March. Just not in March, please. Oh, my God. Are they going to have her running around fucking Disneyland in that outfit? I, I think so. scream. I don't I know if it's just Paris. scream. I'm pretty sure that's the point of it. Whatever. I'm so over it. Anyway. Moving on. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Okay. Well, I'm personally very excited about today's topic. So, Maddie, as you know, this week was the Lunar New Year, a.k.a., I guess, Chinese New Year. Although I'm thinking about that. Like, is Lunar New Year the proper term or is Chinese New Year? Because I call it Chinese New Year, but it's probably not. Okay, I mean, anyway, whatever. Chinese, so you you should know, right, what the appropriate stance Okay, we're going to call it Chinese New Year. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> although I know everybody can celebrate this, we don't discriminate here on the basic of the brain. Okay. So, um, so given it's the year of the tiger, I thought, let's talk about tiger moms. Oh Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Your favorite okay. topic ever. Hey, <laughs> what I aspire to be. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, a tiger mom is um, a strict form, wait, sorry, a form of strict parenting whereby parents are highly in- invested in ensuring their children's success. Specifically, tiger parents push their children to attain high levels of academic achievement or success in high status extracurricular activities such as music or sports. Although, not really sure if sports is really up there. Um, the tiger parent is, I don't know how to say this word, analogous to other authoritarian <laughs> parenting. What? what? 
I love you so much. Yes, it is an elegance. Oh, okay. I was like, shit, I don't know how to say this word. I should have practiced. Uh, to other authoritarian, now I'm nervous now. I'm like, um, authoritarian parenting stereotypes, such as the American stage mother, the Japanese Kyoku mama, and the Jewish mother. Other similar or related terms included helicopter parent, monster parents, and Hong Kong kids phenomenon. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, growing up in a North African household, I definitely relate to being a product of, um, I guess, like tiger parents or I guess rather helicopter parents. Um, There isn't like that much of a differentiator in my mind between the two. I guess, unless you think otherwise. I think they're quite similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, my... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. Do you want to talk about the differences between the two? I feel like helicopter mom is more like... You're more fucking paranoid. I think tiger mom Mm. is more... You accept nothing less than your expectations. Well, I always perceived helicopter parents as someone who was like like micromanaging their kids, which I feel like is also tiger parenting too. Okay. Yes. Right. Fine. Fine. So, um, yeah, my parents were fucking strict. Um, couldn't do sleepovers, always had to get A's. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could, I didn't go to a sleepover at all when I was a kid, unless it was like to my cousin's house. Like my parents were like, no, 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 no. So I didn't do sleepovers as a kid. I can't Um, know. I know. Could that it was like pretty insane. Probably my first ever sleepover in the U.S. was when it was my senior year of high school, and like we were doing this like senior dance, and all of the girls came over to my house to practice. To practice, yeah. Um, but that was it. Dead. I never, never did any of that. Um, yeah, so couldn't do that. I always had to get A's. Anytime there were B's in the house, it was always like you know a little talk down conversation fear being struck into my soul. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of trauma about like not being enough, (laughs) um, and needing to be the overachieving perfectionist. Thanks guys. Love y'all. Well, I think it worked personally because look at the lovely lady that you are today. And there's therapy for things like that. <laughs> things like trauma, it's fine. True. Perfectionism. True, true, true. There's therapy. We're all working through it together. Um, I mean, look at me, right? Look at what's on my bed. I never in a million years would have thought that I would allow that. And today we have. Um, so, okay. On that note, given that you grew up in a kind of strict household with tiger helicopter parents um like do you honestly think that you will be a tiger mom because i know for i want to be a tiger mom i absolutely will be um and in my eyes like my children have two options for careers you're either like no seriously it's either going to be you're going to be a software engineer or you're going to be an influencer and I thought about it and I was like okay where did that come from yes and I've decided that it's probably because like I'm white and Chinese so it's like the Chinese tiger mom wants an engineer because that's I think the way the future and then the American stage mom in me like wants to be the next Chris uh, Chris Jenner you are insane what about doctor or lawyer like I always felt like those were the two stereotypical pathways I mean, that's what my dad wanted me to be, but no, no, no. Reason, and there's logic, doctors and lawyers require advanced education, which leads to student loans. And I want my children to, like, not have to worry about that shit. You are insane. 
like you are absolutely crazy and I love it. Is that crazy <laughs> or is it just like, oh, that actually is like pretty fucking logical? I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I was forced into the whole be a doctor thing. So from a very young age, I was told you are going to Stanford. So I was born in Stanford Hospital, fun facts. Um, oh. And my parents were like, you're going to go to Stanford. Like, that's where you're going to go and you're going to do pre-med and you're going to go be a like, medical doctor, Gosh. blah, 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 blah. Um, so throughout all my years, when people were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'll be the doctor. Because that was like the immediate response because that's yeah. what I was told. Um, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> no, then I went... Laughing. When people used to ask me what I wanted to be, I would be like, I want to be a nail lady. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I used to say. You were like, I want to be a doctor. My dad wanted me to be, me to be a doctor. I was like, I want to be a nail lady. Like, <laughs> That's the kind of stuff <laughs> I grew up. Oh, sorry. I love that, oh, though. Oh, my God. Um, I love that. I think that's a wonderful story. I wish I had the, um, I wish my parents had been flexible to, well, A, yes, the imagination for it, but also my parents, I wish they had the flexibility to allow me to experiment and say, yeah. and you know, imagine what I could be. But no, it was like set in stone for me from a very young age. Um, uh, I remember going to Cal and it wasn't until I took my first pre-med class. I did well in it, but I was like, ah, uh, fuck that. Like I want to actually have a social life. Yeah. Um, and also, so I know in North Africa, like being a doctor is a big thing and being an engineer, um, lawyers aren't respected in North Africa, funny enough. So it's either doctor, engineer, those are the two pathways. Interesting question. Do you, um, so I know that in a lot of other countries, like Australia is just the one that comes to mind. And I think maybe the UK, if I'm correct, like being an attorney, there's no law school. Like you study for that in your undergrad equivalent. So is it like that in North Africa? Uh, yes. So, um, it's very similar. Yeah, probably. So it's very similar to, well, I wouldn't say that that's the reason why. Um, it's mainly because like the, and from what I've understood from what people have communicated to me, because it's an industry built on like lying like a career of lies in order We're to gonna like, call manipulation manipulating manipulation, the situation sure, in your sure, favor sure um <laughs> mind you this is not how i feel about the industry this is just how like what was communicated to me when i was younger um that's why it wasn't like perceived as like a respected career even Got though it. you still get like good money doing it it's just you know because of the manipulative nature of that industry it's yeah. not considered like an honest way of life there so it's go. like the used car salesman of the academic landscape. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I yes, like yes, that. Yes. That was a good one I just came up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I'm that. That was myself. good. Um, <laughs> interesting. So, okay, so you like literally were planning on being a doctor up until college or like until maybe your first or second Wait. semester or whatever it was. Let's go back a quick second because I just realized like the fact that you had space to be able to say like, I want to be like a nail technician or whatever it is when you were younger. Technician? No, no, no. Nail lady. (laughs) Nail lady. I love that. I love that. Yes. Love that for you. Um, Were your parents not like tiger parents? Because I know your mom was a lot more lax. Like was your dad also lax too with you growing up? Um, So my dad, no, my dad definitely was not going to accept me being a nail lady. My dad definitely wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor. Um, I think he once told me he wanted me to be a president. Um, but then I think, I think that he, you know, he was always busy working and stuff. So uh, he wasn't necessarily like looking at my, my tests. Um, 
my dad, though, I'm pretty sure he gave up on me being any of the above when I was, I was actually failing algebra. I'm like, I just, I'm not a math person. I just don't understand it. I've never been good at it. I don't like it. And so my dad hired me a tutor. I'll never forget. I was at his restaurant and he had the tutor come. And I, I don't even like think I listened to a word this man said. And I'm, and like the tutor fired me and was like, I can't help her. He was Damn. like, she's just going to fail. And I'm pretty sure at that moment, my dad was like, oh, okay. She's not going to make it to being a president. <laughs> she's never going to be president. <laughs> So after that, uh, yeah, I was just like nail lady or hair. Like, like I I just, I don't know. I I feel like when I was younger, I wanted to be like, do something more creative. Like I was like, oh, I want to be a singer. Oh, I want to be a nail lady. Oh, I want to be a hairstylist, you know, something like that. Um, And my mom was like, you do that, Alina. Like you, you go and you do, you do whatever you need to do. And I mean, I didn't have a career in mind until, you know, I fell into my career. Um, I feel like so, most people do though, because it's like a hard thing to like ask an eighteen-year-old to like definitively figure out what the fuck you want to do with your life. Um, <laughs> like nobody knows who the fuck they are, what they are at eighteen. Um, so I feel like a lot yeah. of us have fallen into our careers. So yes, and I mean, luckily for for me and us, I think we've managed to like do like we've managed to have like good respectable careers, but it's like, well, if you would have told me this even 10 years ago, it'd have been like, what is that? Um, although fun, fun fact, I went into college. Um, I had not declared a major. I, um, and so I was in the undecided or undeclared group and that's where I met, um, one of my best friends from college. <laughs> and so they didn't know what to do with us. Cause they were like, you don't have an orientation for your major to go to. So they stuck us in a room and they just had us keep taking this, like, what, what would be a good suitable career for you? Like exam or test or quiz or whatever. It was like, it was probably like a Buzzfeed quiz, to be honest with you. <laughs> and oh, wait, I'm not, I am actually not kidding. I got nail lady or nail, nail technician. And, um, and my friend Jackie, she got, she got crossing card. She, she got goes, what? Like, a crossing guard. And then she also did it. She was like, okay, <laughs> no. And then so she did it again and she got butchered. And she was like, what is happening? Like, I was like, this is what our school is promoting. Like, literally, Wait, here, this does- is a quiz that's going to help you figure out your life. <laughs> you should go be a butcher. How does how does one definitively like pick traits out in order to define <laughs> or like suggest that someone should be a butcher? Like how is that even asked on a quiz? Like I guess like my mind can't wrap around that. I don't know, and I like I really wish I was making this up because it would be funny. But no, no, like this actually happened, and <laughs> God, it was just like I remember okay. I was like. Oh, okay. So we're about to pay out of college tuition to go be a butcher and a nail lady. Like that. This this is we're making great life decisions. She's actually a prosecutor now. So clearly, she she found her passion and made her, her career into something that's like meaningful. Um, but but it all started with butcher. That is fucking amazing. Crossing guard as our aspiration. So okay. With, with that said, I'm very grateful that my parents, well, part of me is like really grateful that my parents gave me that like freedom to, you know, be a kid and just like, be like, I want to do this. Um, but at the same time, like, it's really cool to me that you went into school being like, I want to be a doctor and whether and obviously, you know, you didn't become a doctor, which I think is also great that you had the like strength to say, Hey, not for me, not what I'm looking for. Um, 
but it, it is like really hard. And I mean, I have a degree in hospitality management. Clearly I use that on a day-to-day basis. No, I'm never going to. Um, and I paid a shit ton of money and, you know, for, um, for tuition and all the above. And I don't even use my degree. So I feel like it would have, it, it, in, in some ways I do wish that I had a little bit more like structure and guidance. Interesting. In going into that. I mean, so. what is it? The grass is always greener. Yes. A hundred percent. Cause like, look, I got all that structure realized when I got to college, I was like, this isn't really what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then yeah. I also majored, but like, look, I double majored, meaning I put myself through hell in my four years in two useless degrees that I currently do not utilize in my day to day, political science and media studies. What the, f- what the fuck does one do with either of those? You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, eh. <laughs> structure well, or no structure. Life is just life. It is what it is. <laughs> it turned out fine if I do say so myself. Um, okay. Well, so that like, well, I, like I, I feel like maybe because I didn't have that, that's why I'm like, no, no, my kids will have that or my kid, one singular, because that's all I want, um, will, will have that structure because I'm like, no, you are not going to end up with like, you know, five, I had to do some math, five figures in student loan, like student loans, right. With for a degree that you're not using and whatever. Um, so like, when did, like, is her mom, is that like an American Chinese thing? Is that just like something we made up? Like, do you know where it came from? Yeah. So actually, um, this woman, and I'm probably going to butcher her last name and I apologize in advance. Um, Amy Chua or Choa, um, she's a Yale law school professor. Um, and she actually coined the term and get this in 2011, um, which is like super recent. Like you would think that this term has been around forever, but no, apparently she coined the term in 2011, um, in her memoir, battle hymn of the tiger mom. Um, and it's basically where she reflects on her experience, um, having been raised as a Chinese American, um, you know, basically accepting nothing less than perfection. And then she talks about her own experience with parenting her children. Um, And what I find interesting is that in the same year that this memoir came out, she also did a article for, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, and it was called Why Chinese Mothers Are Superior. Like this woman has been like pretty controversial, I would have to say. And it's kind of fascinating to see some of that controversy play out. Um, And she essentially had to define, like, her premise of Chinese mother. And she said, oh, it's loosely to include, like, you know, parents of other ethnicities who practice traditional strict child rearing while also acknowledging that, like, Western parents, like, come in all varieties um, and that not all ethnically Chinese parents practice strict child rearing, right? Um, Because, I mean, when you come out with an article like that, with a headline like that, like, you know, you're going to going to irritate a couple folks. Um, but yeah, so the term actually came from, from her. First of all, I love her. I just like love her fucking confidence <laughs> where she's straight up. Why Chinese mothers are superior. Like <laughs> good for you for like having the balls to say that out loud. Right. Um, that's number one. Number two, I also feel like this happened now, what, 10, 12 to 11 years ago. God, I'm really bad at it. See, I'm really bad at math. Um, although let me tell you what I can do real quick. 
I can figure out 20% tip on a bill really fast. <laughs> That's my one claim to fame in math. Um, Actually, okay. you are very good at that, I will say. Very good at that. And very I can also calculate it. the shit out of a discount on a, on a sale at a store. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Because for me, it's like, oh, it's like 1% off. It's cheaper. It's not full price because I don't buy things full price. Maybe that that's also the Chinese in me. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, just kidding. No, I, I just think it's so, so great that she's just so ballsy. And I also feel like it's kind of cool that she's like just leaning into it. Um, okay. But no, what I would say is this happened 11 years ago. And I feel like if someone tried to write that article... Now, yeah, now or even in the last like five years, bitch would have been canceled before that thing went to print. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that it was so new. And like, so as I mentioned, like my dad, he wasn't like super, super like tiger dad, but I do think he still instilled a lot of the like, we put it this way. I didn't always get A's on my test, but I don't know where I, I'm like, just, I think I grew up like a very manipulative little crafty child because I would somehow find a way to like not tell my parents or I would like, I would have been the kid that like turned an F into an A like, or an E. I was like that kind of kid. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess like part of that was because I never wanted my parents to be disappointed in me getting a B or a C, right? So, or an F. No, just kidding. I actually think I've only had like one F in my life. Um, but I feel like when I heard the term for the first time, I, and I think it actually happened when I moved over to, to, to Hong Kong was the first time I like really heard the term. Um, I remember being like, oh yeah, like, what do you mean? Like your parents don't tell you you're supposed to be a doctor, like, or, or the president. And, and like, I've never, I didn't grow up necessarily thinking that like B's or C's were okay. And it was like shameful. So I guess my question is like, are there parents that are like, good for you, consolation, everybody gets a trophy for that C. I mean, girl, you know, C's get degrees, right? Let me tell you about C's get degrees, guys. Um, (laughs) 70 was passing on the California real estate exam. They did not tell me what I got. Pretty sure it was a 70. Oh, stop. You probably did a lot better. Is that a D or a C? Uh, It's a C minus. Oh, jeez. No, 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 no. I genuinely don't. C's make degrees, homegirl. C's get degrees. Just saying. So you said that to me, and I, you know, I really feel like my therapist appreciated it because she was like, it's okay. Good enough. Good enough is 70%. And I was like, no, good enough is 110%. But then you said that to me. I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. C's get degrees. So, anyway, sorry. Sorry. Seriously. It's like, you don't need to get 100%. Nobody's going to actually see that fucking percentage score. It's like, you just got to pass this fucking exam. That's like, the bare minute. We're not here to try to impress folks. We're here to just like get this license so we can actually go practice the craft and do well in it. Um, yeah, but on a more serious note, um, so there's this interesting thing on NPR where basically there was this study of like 50 Western mothers, uh, American mothers and 48 Chinese immigrant mothers. And almost 70% of the Western mothers said either that stressing academic success is not good for children, um, or that parents need to foster the idea that learning is fun by contrast, Zero percent of the Chinese mothers <laughs> felt the same way. <laughs> so like, like one, one. <laughs> it's like no, nope. <laughs> hard no. Wait, um, I feel like I'm like feeling a little bit conflicted about this because part of me is like, okay, I I I feel like a lot of, and this isn't just Chinese, right? I feel like a lot of immigrant parents generally have like that kind of sentiment, right? And I think a lot of it is like we. 
I don't know. I don't know. You know, obviously every situation is different, but like we gave up X to be here or like our family is not here, but we wanted you to have a better life or we wanted you to have whatever. Right. So I wonder if like that is just such a, such an overarching, like not theme, but, um, burden that the parents feel that they then like, they, like, it has to be for something. Right. So that's why they put all that pressure on kids. But at the same time, and just going back to the, the conversation we just had, C's get degrees. So like, are the Western moms kind of right? Like as long as you get that degree, girl. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, when you like dedicate so much mental bandwidth to like being perfect, you're taking away when like perfection isn't really required. You literally just need to pass. Like you're dedicating yeah. all that mental bandwidth to that when you could be dedicating the bare minimum for like the passage and then dedicating that additional mental bandwidth to other things that bring you joy or whatever it is, right? Or at least that's the way that I think about it, especially as I've been healing from my own traumas <laughs> around that, if you will. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it's it's really fascinating. And of course, I went down the um, the the rabbit hole, as we all know I do tend to do. Um, and I read some well-researched commentary around okay. the premise of Chinese parenting. Um, and it's fascinating what the literature says. So apparently back in the 1960s, 1970s, uh, Diane Bomrind, I believe is her last name, uh, she did some research and work um, and essentially established sort of the pillar theory of parenting authority. And it lays out like pretty three super uh, or three general, I was going to say super generalized patterns, um, but they're not super generalized. It's just three general patterns um, of parenting styles. So one is authoritative, one is authoritarian, and then the last one is permissive. So these are like pillars that have been established since the 60s and 70s and is utilized even in foundational research on parenting to this day. It's pretty sound theories. Okay, so it's legit. Uh, So it's legit. Um, And these parenting styles differ basically across two dimensions. One is strict and demanding discipline. And the second is warm emotional support, right? So just two parts to it. Um, So it establishes that authoritative parents are strict and demanding in discipline, though they also provide rich and warm emotional support to their children. So that's what what you want to be. Exactly. That is what I would like to be. This is a secure attachment. Exactly. Secure attachment style. Exactly. The second one is authoritarian, which focuses on strict and demanding discipline, um, but they do not provide their children with much emotional support. It's very little. Um, And then the last one, which is permissive parenting, um, it lacks both strict demanding discipline and warm emotional support. So basically absolute fucking chaos is how I like interpret it in my head. Um, And of course, each one of these has like, you know, an effect on children, clearly. Um, And children of authoritative parents show the most stable and positive behaviors um, and are self-controlled, but also explorative, right? So like they have the ability to explore and be creative in a lot of ways. Um, Children of authoritarian parents are also self-controlled, but are more discontent and withdrawn. And then those of permissive are often low in both self-reliance and self-control. And um, really the reason why I bring this all up is because there's been so much research done on Chinese parenting in particular, and I think it has something to do with the premise of the tiger mom concept. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
So they've done a lot of research on the parenting techniques and development, and they've shown that Chinese parenting can be thrown into actually two of those buckets. You will never see, I guess, a Chinese parent in the permissive bucket, supposedly. (laughs) But um, according to the research, they either fall in authoritative or authoritarian. Um, But what's even more interesting is the implication that this pillar theory is actually based off of white American middle-class family structures, which doesn't really put into consideration the cultural values, norms, and beliefs of... um, sort of the, the Chinese folks um, into perspective, um, which is also interesting because, you know, there's this sense of independence, there's this sense of, like, social hierarchy and respect um, mm-hmm. that the pillar theory doesn't really put into consideration, especially when it's considering, you know, these three buckets. <gasps> Got it. That was a lot. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm like, wait, I'm trying to process all of that. So it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. So we want to be authoritative parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be authoritarian and permissive. It's fucking chaos. I mean, think about it. It's basically the parent who has a kid who leaves the kid to kind of fend for yeah. themselves in a lot of ways and, like, is the one who doesn't have any rules or structure. So the kid is yeah. like, can you show some care for me? And they start doing, like, outlandish shit, like like getting in trouble at school all the time to get attention from their parents, but their parents are clearly in their own little world and don't really care. You know, the the kids who used to have like parties um, while their parents were out of town, but the parents didn't really care. Yeah. So it's so funny because I, I, I feel like my, my mom was probably mostly authoritative, but also skews more permissive in that my mom did like, I never had a bad time. Um, you know, my mom like trusted that I was doing my schoolwork, but she always went to like my parent teacher. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she taught me a lot of independence in that respect. And like, I think a lot of it was like trust. My mom trusted us. Dear mom, I know you asked me to send you the podcast link. I'm like, maybe I should send it after this episode. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like it, like it kind of worked right in her in her particular situation. Like she's very lucky that me and my sister were very independent, and like you know she didn't necessarily need to give us like super super strict guidelines. But we also like didn't fuck with like stepping up. Like I've ne- I never did drugs. Like didn't you know drink as a kid? Was like I was just never a bad kid. But I do feel like she skewed a little bit more permissive but like I also feel like my mom she never necessarily like had to like raise her voice I mm. always just like knew what the line was and I just never crossed it until I was a maybe. teenager and then I started to cross it a little bit but <laughs> well maybe it's more like your mom was authoritative but a little bit more lax right in some regards yeah. Yeah. right so I feel like with permissive permissive it's more just like complete like there's no structure okay. There's no discipline. There's none of that. And I think your mom actually did discipline you and did provide a lot of structure, but there was a lot of room within that for you to kind of find your voice and your, your own place within it. Um, but you know, still like provide that safety and, and authoritative constructs for you. Got it. Okay. So there was like enough room to say you want to be a nail lady when you're a kid, (laughs) But not enough room that you can throw a rager at the house. Um, exactly. There you got go. Got it. So, yeah. So, I saw this, like, I guess, I don't know, in one of the articles that I was reading, um, Tiger Parenting is based in Asian values. To go back to what you were saying about how I think the pillar theory doesn't necessarily account for cultural norms in non-white middle class families. Um, Tiger parenting is based in Asian values of independence and emphasizes creating a strong and committed relationship between parent and child. 
I think that's interesting given, you know, the research that you, you just kind of shared with all, with all of us is I feel like there's this natural inclination to be like, oh, you know, the tiger mom or the, you know, the helicopter parent doesn't actually know. Cause I, I think helicopter parent, like you love your kid a little too much, but I think tiger mom, there's this idea of like, you don't give a shit about your kid and how they feel. It is purely just about success, success, success. And what that means to the parent. But like, when you think about this, right. I do, I, I think again, a lot of it goes back to the whole idea of like, as an immigrant, like, you know, so many of my friends, like their parents, again, gave up a lot to be here. Like my dad didn't see his family for years on end to be in the U S to like have a life for us and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and I, I, I do think a lot of it has to just do with cultural like nuances. And so there was a passage that I saw, and I think this might've come from the, the book that Amy Chua wrote. Um, but I feel like it's interesting and kind of goes really well with what we're talking about right now. So it's, um, so Chinese parents can do things that would seem unimaginable, unimaginable, even legally actionable to Westerners. Chinese mothers can say to their daughters, hey, fatty, lose some weight. By contrast, Western parents have to tiptoe around the issue, talking in terms of health and never, ever mentioning the F word. And their kids still end up in therapy for eating disorders and negative self-image. How true is that? Um, Western parents are concerned about their children's psyches. Chinese parents aren't. They assume strength, not fragility. And as a result, they behave very differently. So I guess with that in mind, like, again, like my mom, horrified whenever I tell her I plan on, like, planning my child's life for them and they're going to do exactly what I say that they're going to do. Um, and maybe she's a little bit offended because in, in a lot of ways I'm like, this is not how you parented and I'm going to parent like this. Um, no, but I guess, like, right when you think about it, like, I consider myself a pretty resilient person. I And, and I feel like you don't get that by the consolation trophy. You don't get that by people always being nice to you and saying what you yeah, want to hear. I mean, look, you're going to fuck up your kid no matter what. So it doesn't matter <laughs> how much you learn from a parenting technique style or like how you raise your kid. There's always yeah. going to be that one thing that's going to stick with them. That's going to traumatize them and create like a form of character. I'm also coming from the perspective too, of like, I've experienced so much trauma and right now as part of like my healing, it's a lot of like deprogramming that's necessary. Uh Um, and I think for me in particular, given how violent of a household I was in, like, you know, my parents leaned a little bit too much on the other side of the spectrum that I don't think anyone should be leaning around. But I do understand from the perspective of like immigrants, you know, immigrant families coming in, giving up so much, raise their children. They want them to excel and have what they didn't get to have. Exactly. Um, There's a certain expectation. It's almost like, I don't know if you saw the new, um, Disney movie, in Kanto. I fucking loved it. It's so good. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's, it's so like good. fabulous. It's Is that so the one that Lin Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. did he do the music? Okay. He did I the heard music for it. Um, but it kind of talks about how generational trauma can essentially impact like the children's ability to express their their own creativity and actually be free. And it's really beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's to a degree of like you know, my trauma created such resiliency in me that I feel like I've been able to handle a lot of the shit that's been thrown at me in my life because of the traumas that I experienced when I was younger, right? Yeah. Like my neural pathways have just developed a lot differently than most people. So like yeah. when I talk about my traumas, a lot of people are like, oh, you went through that? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and not many people have that. Actually, fun story, um, segue. My therapist and I had this conversation. I was talking about some of like this hard hitting stuff that I was going through. And we were talking about how, you know, when I tell people about my stories, um, they're 
they're always like shocked, right? Um, and in particular, I think this has to do with, you know, my white friends. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like there's a very big difference between when I talk with people who have immigrant parents versus mm-hmm. people who, you know, are American, white, born and bred. Um, and, you know, I was talking about like how, you know, there was certain lack of patience I was having about someone and their problem. And I was like, you know, I want to be compassionate to what they're going through. Um, and we started talking about um, sort of the difference in resiliency across people of color and whatnot. And she basically said, well, Maddie, you know, like if there were a zombie apocalypse, she was like, you would probably do a lot better from a survival perspective than other folks would. And I was looking at it, I was like, so you mean to tell me that because of my traumas, um, and in particular because I feel like people of color typically experience more trauma than, you know, white folk, um, that, like, I would do better in a zombie apocalypse? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you would. You would. So there's a level of resiliency and survival skills. And I think like our nervous system is just able to deal with fight or flight a lot better um, that I feel like, you know, some folks just don't have. Um, And I thought that that was like very, very hilarious. So if anybody needs a buddy for the next upcoming zombie apocalypse, like I'm your girl, clearly. Um, But in regards to like all of this parenting stuff, I think no matter what you do, right? No matter if you try to avoid all types of traumas, no matter if you are a tiger mom and are very strict with your kids and authoritative or authoritarian or permissive, like there's always going to be a way in which the child will be fucked up. It is what it is. Like that's just how I feel about it. You know. Welcome to the basic in the brain for your next positive. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do Join the best that you week. can. No. You know what I no. mean? It's like. I feel like people take it so seriously and they want to be perfect about it, you know, but it's like with parenting, you can never be perfect. Just do the best that you can. Sorry. I had to give a positive spin at the end. Just start saving for their therapy now. hundred percent. I agree with that. Yes. (laughs) Get on some wait lists um, for child therapists or child psychologists. No, I mean, I, that, that all makes sense. So it's funny when you were talking about the zombie apocalypse thing, like I, I, I've actually thought about this and I'm like, why the fuck do you want to run from that? Like, why do you want to be the last person on earth? I think I'd just let them take me. Is that the white side of me coming out? I literally think I would just be like, just let me, come on, let me. I want to be part of the trend. Let's go. <laughs> right here. Just bite the neck. I'm ready. Yeah, I know. I, I think it'd be very different once you're in that situation, though. You say that now. But, like, imagine people who are, like, hungry for your brains and wanting to eat you running after you at high speeds. Like, I'm pretty so sure. So then I think I'd kill myself. <laughs> We're being very, very dark okay. today. Wow. <laughs> we went from tiger moms to zombie apocalypse okay. to suicide. I love it. I'm here for it. Back to tiger moms. Anyway, okay, so let's really quickly, before we wrap this up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo! Alrighty then. Um, Roller okay. coaster here on the oh, basic in the brain. My God, what is going on? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so um, wait. Well, oh, okay. So for, I'm going to ask you one more time because I actually don't know if you answered because I'm just talking so much and just off my rocker today. Um, what is your plan? Because we all know mine. My kids have two options: influencer, software engineer. Oh, interesting. Um, that's a great question. I think this is one of the reasons why I'm so hesitant in having kids because I just don't want to fuck them up since I'm doing like my own healing right now. Um, but yeah, I feel like for my kids, I would just want to keep them like safe, protected, happy, healthy. Um, and of course I'm going to be authoritative in the sense of like setting structure and definitely like 
discipline to some degree. Um, but I also want to give them space to be able to pursue what it is that they want to do and figure things out for themselves versus like laying out a pathway. Like this is what you're going to do. Um, so your child's going to be a nail lady. My child's going to be an influencer slash engineer. Whatever makes them happy. (laughs) Whatever makes them happy. I think at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Like I feel like at with me in particular, um, I'll speak to my story. I have realized that, yes, I've fallen into this path of like success, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like I'm not happy. You know what I mean? Like this was a path that was predefined and pre-told to me as to like what success looks like. And it is taking me a lot of therapy, a lot of fucking dollars. I will say that much to learn how to deprogram and get back to my essence and figuring out what it is that makes me happy. Um, and so instead of, you know, having my children have to have like a little savings fund for that much therapy, um, I think I will save them, um, all of that by just allowing them to kind of figure out and test things out and see what it is that makes them happy. That's how I feel about it. But this may very much well change when I have kids. You know what I mean? Like you say one thing, then you have kids and it's a completely different experience. So, but I ideally in like a beautiful world would like to give them the space to figure things out on their own. I think that's very kind of you. My kids, your life is entirely planned out for you. I'll let you listen to this episode <laughs> one day when you are happy <laughs> and you're, or whatever. I don't care. Happy, not happy when you have a career <laughs> and I've set you up for success by my own definition. So on Fair that enough. note, zombie apocalypses, <laughs> tiger moms, helicopter parents, and stage moms. We'll see you next time. We're here for you. <laughs> I was just going to say at the end of the day, like, doesn't matter what you do. Therapy is the end all be all. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to end up there anyway. So. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on the basic in the brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic and the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 